0: Welcome to the Creative South Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Frostholm. Today, I talk with Colin Tierney. Colin is a West Virginia-based designer and founder of Crayligraphy. We talk about how Crayligraphy got started, freelancing while working full-time and raising a family, and finding a way to balance everything, all right after this. The Columbus, Georgia Convention and Visitor Bureau is pleased to welcome you to Creative South 2017. We're proud to be a key event sponsor and hope you'll explore our city and see what makes Columbus such a unique and creative destination. While you're here, we want you to feel at home, so stop by our Visitor's Center at the corner of 9th Street and Front Avenue until 5 p.m. each day, or visit the Recombobulation Station, located in the lobby of the Springer Theater, and stock up on life's little necessities. We all secretly, and some of us openly, know that we have a deep love for stickers. Whenever we go to Creative South, we come home with a massive sticker haul and we feel like kids again. But why do we have to wait another year for this feeling? Luckily, Slaptastic can give you that feeling each and every month, direct to your mailboxes. Each month, you'll receive a pack of six limited edition theme stickers that you can enjoy and share with your friends and family. Head on over to www.slaptastic.com and sign up today with a special offer just for you. We've gone through and streamlined the Creative South Podcast Patreon page, cleaning out the excess and making it easier for you to support us. With options starting at just $1 per month, you can help support the podcast and even wind up with some cool Creative South Podcast swag. Every dollar helps cover hosting costs, upgrade equipment, and keep the podcast going. When you become a Creative South patron, you'll get access to exciting Creative South news before anyone else. Creative South podcast stickers and t-shirts. So please help support the podcast and become a patron over at patreon.com slash creative south. All right, Colin, thanks for joining me tonight. Thank you, David. So, let, let, like I said just before we started the, this, where would you grow up?
1: <laughs> I grew up in a little town in Maine called Gorham. Okay. I was born in Cincinnati. Okay. I moved to Maine around 1, lived in Maine for about 11, then moved to Maryland mm-hmm. in a little town called Hagerstown. Um, and then, yeah, so from there, I moved to Baltimore to go to, uh, my education.
0: Gotcha. So when you were, excuse me, when you were in high school and all, were you big into art or were you, was it even on your radar at that point?
1: Oh, uh, I was drawing right out of the womb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if there was an instrument that could emit some kind of ink. I had it, and I was mm-hmm. drawing something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you get through school, you you move to Baltimore to get the get into college. What what do you what do you start studying when you get there?
1: Yeah, I went to uh, Towson University. It's um, in the outskirts of Baltimore. Mm. I knew exactly what I wanted to do because I, I knew I wanted to do some sort of, some form of art uh related field
2: Mm -hmm. at
1: the time um you know people kind of warned me that fine arts was a little bit of the bastard child (laughs) of graphic design and you know that there wasn't too much money in it and before anyone even got to know who you were you'd probably be dead long (laughs) for a very long time and um you know i'm not saying i'm any kind of Passo or anything like that, but it just kind of opened up my eyes a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I realized today, you know, especially with the help of social media and several different platforms, I mean, you can do pretty much anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, this was 2003. So, I mean, Facebook was just becoming Facebook. I mean, it was just realized by Mark Zuckerberg and there was really no social media platform. Um, and, and I like the idea of graphic design I just didn't know exactly what it encompassed so sure um, you know within the first week I I pretty much knew that's what I wanted to do
0: gotcha so you're going through school um, you know when it and, and it clicks early on for you you know, what what do you do? You start focusing on something kind of right out the bat, or do you just? I mean, I obviously you go through all the gen ed classes and all that stuff, but yeah,
1: the prerequisites. Oh
0: yeah, jeez. Yeah, I've never used that statistics class they made me take.
1: <laughs> but, it, it's absurd. It's it's absolutely absurd. I mean, I, yeah, I had to take all of the, you know, the math, the sciences, mm-hmm. um, the Englishes. And- I understand it, but at that point, um, it, and especially hindsight, looking back at it right now, what's the point? I mean, mm-hmm. if you're out of school. I understand the importance of you know numbers and language and, and all that, but for someone like me who knew what they wanted to do, um, and realizing now once again, there's so much you can learn on on the internet. You know, YouTube sure. or you know Skillshare. Uh, I just see the university as a whole <laughs> really starting to crumble uh, you know kids are getting smarter they don't want to come out of school and all this debt you know <laughs> um, it just I you know college to me was invaluable but more so because of the life experiences not mm. so much the academics um, I don't regret it one bit but I will definitely not Force my children, or, you know, give them a strong nudge towards a higher education just because I think if they know what they want to do, they can learn so much just by doing other things um, and not coming out of school with all this debt that they have to worry about, you know, 24 7.
0: Sure. I know that Um, feeling well. (laughs) I just went off on a tangent. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) So we were talking about. You know, you get through all the gen ed classes. Do you start focusing on like a specific area in design when you get through all that stuff, or or do you just kind of keep it general?
1: Yeah, so it was it was pretty uh, generalized um, graphic design. I guess you could call it the parent, mm-hmm. sure, of the industry. You know, of what we what we do. Um, I didn't exactly know what I enjoyed the most. Um, you go into something like that and everyone thinks logos are cool or, you know, mm-hmm. designing the back of a cereal box or, you know, that's what I always thought graphic design was before I even realized it was so much more. Um, but there was, there was not a specific niche within the industry that I was focused on.
2: Mm.
1: It, was, it was more so just, you know, getting it done and, and learning as much as I could and, um, interning when I could. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until after I graduated and after traveling around for uh, quite a few years that I started to really delve back into, you know, uh, a profession within graphic design. And
2: sure.
1: uh, that's when I started to, you know, uh, search online, Google things and, Started seeing people from all around the world posting work. Mm-hmm. There's a site that's still in existence um, called Logo Pond. Mm-hmm. That's where it really uh, kicked off for me, and I just started making up these these fake brands. Um, you know, just making up you know clever logos, um, posting them on Logo Pond, getting feedback when I when I could from some of the best around the world. Mm-hmm. and and then from there it went to dribble and then Behance hands and then you know the instagrams and then it you know it, it finally came to a point where um i was getting a lot better and i could see it uh you know books were reaching out to me asking me to have my work published and you know that was that was a great honor but at the same time i'm like <laughs> you, you know it's it's just, it's kind of a, a little overwhelming on my end because sure um, I don't think I'm at that level where at that time where where I'm worthy enough to be published in a book or you know I thought being drafted to dribble was the coolest thing <laughs> you know it it's just all these little steps along the way that um, you know you, you start to find your own way and and things that you, you enjoy the most within design sure. Um, yeah.
0: Was there a specific kind of light bulb moment where you realized, "Hey, this is this is the direction I want to take," or was it just through playing around and, and kind of you know figuring out all the different stuff? Yeah, it was.
1: Um, it was mainly just experimenting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, a lot of the times, I would I would post work on LogoPond without doing uh, too much research. <laughs> <laughs> and, and people say, oh, that, that idea has been done. And you hear it all the time, you know, ah, that's been done. Everything mm-hmm. under the sun has been done. Um, you know, but I had my own way about it and, it, you know, different execution. But still, if the idea is there, you don't want to step on any toes. Um, that's when, around that time, when I just started seeing so much of the traditional logo work that had been done before. And, and, and me... Uh, continuing to learn more and more about branding and identity design.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I started to really be drawn towards lettering and um, calligraphy, just more communication through through words and letter forms. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool how you could evoke a feeling just through the way you write something or the way you draw letters. Um, you know, it didn't have to be like the, the prominent icon and then typography underneath. Sure. Um, I just thought it was really interesting at the time. And and that's when I started to reach out to, uh, hand letterers that, you know, had had a lot of experience and to me that was invaluable right there. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, I reached out to as many people as I could. Uh, not everyone got back to me, as expected, <laughs> but, uh, you know, just through like these, these social media platforms, you just start creating a, a community and you start meeting all these people from different places from all around the world. It's just, it's just really cool.
0: Gotcha. So you're, you're developing all this stuff. You're kind of figuring out what you want to do. You're figuring out that, you know, the the hand lettering and typography thing is something that really interests you. Are, are you full, full-time freelancing at this point? Or are you working for somebody else and then doing this on the side or what, what, what are you doing?
1: So I work for a blue collar boot company called Carolina shoe. Okay. Um, it is a Warren Buffett company. So he owns Berkshire Hathaway Mm-hmm. and then, there's all these different parents underneath that umbrella.
2: Right.
1: Our parent company is HH Brown, which is a shoe company. And within that, within, within that, there's a bunch of different children of micro brands and Carolina shoe is one of them. And they're considered part of the work group. And I am the graphic designer slash marketer for Carolina shoe and several of the micro brands that are that umbrella.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and along with that, I get to, you know, help brand a lot of the the, the new uh, shoe ideas that come about. You know, we have a Western uh, female line called Sonora Boot. We have a, a, just a Western cowboy line called Double H, mm-hmm. uh, Cattle Baron. We just launched Glide, which is more of the casual man, um, you know, who could go to a meeting and then change a tire in the same day when we're, we're in the boots, uh, air boots. So all, you know, each, each section of this company has, has its own story. And I, I help create these stories and I, you know, it all starts from a, from a, the very beginning with a logo design, uh-huh. which is pretty cool because that's where it all started for me. And, and then it just, keeps on going from there. And the story just evolves. Sure. i then going to get to work on the collateral and the, you know, shoe boxes and everything from there. Mm. So that's, that's what I do. I'm fortunate enough to work remotely. Mm-hmm. I started off as a contract, uh, contractual job. And, um, they hired me full on full time. And I have the, benefit of working wherever I want but I try to keep my life pretty structured um, sure just because it can be very easy to get off the path or you know just go in the wrong direction when you're working from home and you don't have any I guess supervision always looking after you so.
0: <laughs> Netflix can be too appealing
1: <laughs> oh yeah I mean it, if there's no structure or you know some sort of routine in my monday through fridays then it can get pretty ugly
0: (laughs) (laughs) so you know talking about that structure how did you kind of develop that self-discipline to to be able to work remotely and have that structure in place and you know balance all of that and stuff how did you do that
1: yeah well i didn't always have it um that's how I learned, <laughs> you know, you learn the hard way. And when this company hired me originally, I was, I was contracted and, you know, I could log my own hours when I wanted, you know, I, as long as I got the work done on sure. time, I could do it. But I was always stressed out, you know, because procrastination for one, and then you nailed it. Like if there's a TV in the room or some other distraction such as the internet, which can be a huge distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we're working on a computer almost every single day, so the internet is always going to be right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just never was comfortable in that position. I never liked the fact that, I yes, I could do anything, um, and sometimes I did do anything, but it, it wasn't working. I needed to change something and uh, it probably wasn't until they hired me full time. that I was like, okay, well, if they're trusting me to get the job done, then I need to trust myself and put myself in a position where I'm not able to be distracted or, you know, so it, it just, it just came to a point where it's just like, okay, enough's enough. you got to grow up and you know, this is like eight years ago, seven years ago. So.
0: Gotcha. So did you lay down like a specific set of goals of, I want to work from this time to this time, you know, I'm going to focus on this and you. Know.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I can remember, you know, when I first started this job at Carolina, that's when I, really started getting into freelance, Mm -hmm. um, I had more people interested in my work, reaching out to me. And at the time I didn't really understand business that well. So I was taking a lot of jobs, unnecessary jobs, um, especially since I had a steady income, Mm -hmm. you know, nowadays I can be a little more choosy because, um, I, I don't need the money. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's nice, and I'm not always doing it for the money. But I like to take on projects that I'm a little more passionate about. Sure, um, and and work with people who really understand my process and appreciate it, and 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 you know, pay because they value the work that I'm doing for them, and I, you know create a relationship with the, with the client, and all that goes into into. Um, you know, everything about this, but yeah. So, um, sorry, what, what was the original question? <laughs> Again, no I'm going off on these tangents and I just can't. Get-
0: <laughs> it's fine. Um, no, I was talking, we were talking about, you know, did you set up goals to have a structure in place or, or since, since you are freelancing at this time, and like you said, you're picking up more freelance work. Oh yeah. Work.
1: Yes. Okay. So while I was picking up more freelance, I was extremely unhealthy because while I was still kind of a novice within uh, the logo design industry, hand lettering mm-hmm. industry, um, I needed. I knew I needed to get better, and I was working day and night. You know, I would go to bed at three in the morning and, and wake up at seven and just living this extremely unhealthy life. But, you know, I don't regret it because I am where I am today because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I could have taken a different approach, but yeah, I would, I would be doing Carolina work while also doing freelance work and just juggling it back and forth. Um, not really focusing on one thing at one time. Sure. Which, which again, for me personally, was not a good practice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I had to, um, I had to learn a lot mm. and I, I learned the hard ways. Um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't always on time with, uh, turning in files. Um, it's just things where, weren't really working out for me but you know again i had to go through that to get to where i am and i'm still
0: learning (laughs) the hard way as we all are (laughs) yeah so so what did you do to kind of straighten that out to to better balance everything that was going on in your life um
1: i had children
0: (laughs) (laughs) well that'll do it (laughs) Yeah, or make it more chaotic, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> well, you
1: know, in my eyes, it couldn't get any more chaotic. Sure, there had to be a serious change in life. So, and and you know, it it was slowly happening even before my children. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't happen overnight. I had to take small steps. You know. I'm a big believer in routine. Like I said, I wake up, I have to make the bed immediately.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then it's kind of like a chain, you know, you go down and I, and I make the, the girls breakfast. And then uh, my wife takes them, leaves, they're out the door. She takes them to their babysitter. I go up, get ready. You know, it's just these things that turn into habits. And then you just take that habit and go to the next thing and, Um, it didn't, it wasn't always like that. It was very difficult at first, but, uh, definitely when my first daughter was born, it was a real eye opener. It's like you could live this lifestyle where you're, you don't really have a grasp on all this work. Mm -hmm. You're you're getting great work, but you're not really managing it well. Mm -hmm. And I... I foresaw that being a huge problem, um, especially with the relationship with my daughters, because I wouldn't be able to give them the time that I wanted to give them Mm -hmm. and that they needed from, from their father. So, uh, yeah, I, I had to make some changes and all for the better.
0: Gotcha. So what changes did you make aside from, you know, setting up a routine?
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, Jeez, I really—it's just—I still consider myself just a big kid, um, but I'm not—I'm <laughs> not as much of a kid anymore. You know, I—I I, I really had to grow up. I really had to just make some some strong uh, but subtle changes,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, subtle in in, in, a, in a way that not everyone be able to notice them, but uh, within me. I knew I was making the changes and it, it just, it had to be done or else I would still be living a very stressful life and, you know, probably a life that who knows could have ended in a uh, divorce or, you know, something devastating or, uh, who knows, but thank God that I, I understood that at the time and I knew I had to do something about it.
0: Sure. So, you know, you said could have ended in divorce. Was it causing, was kind of that chaos of not having, being structured and all causing problems at home?
1: Uh, My wife is very structured and I was kind of just on the wind. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just whatever happens, happens. Attitude. And, you know, we created a balance. I thought it was a healthy balance of, you know, structured and then you have my, crazy mind that thinks in (laughs) you know a thousand different places at one time um it just i I think if if i didn't make the change Mm -hmm. um i think her lifestyle was better than mine so having realized that at the time Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um i knew that i was the one that probably needed to Make more of a change, or uh, you know, you know, create create a, a little different lifestyle.
0: So her so her good habits rubbed off on you.
1: Yeah, they sure did. And now it's it's to a point where I'm so like, I wouldn't say militant about things, but it's just like 180 degree turn for me, mm-hmm. uh, where where it's it's almost like she needs to take a step back and say,
0: Whoa,
1: what have you turned into?
0: (laughs) So, I, yeah, I know that feeling. Um, so you've got, you know, you've got a wife and kids, you've got a full-time job. Plus you're freelancing. How are you balancing that all currently?
1: Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. And on top of that, calligraphy
0: yeah, <laughs> tutorials. Was, yeah. So I was about to bring that up too. <laughs>
1: that, Cause that's not even freelancing. That's just, uh, you know, mm-hmm. blogging, teaching. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that, that's a, and like I said previously, I'm still learning. I'm not at a point where I'm comfortable with everything just yet. Um, I really have to manage my time, and we were talking before the show about uh, calendar apps, and I was telling you about how I use Fantastical.
2: It's mm-hmm.
1: my calendar, and uh, I I rely on that. I rely on writing down my notes and having blocks of hours uh, dedicated to one thing. I try not to split my focus ever because. When I do something, I like to go all in 100%. Mm -hmm. Um, if I don't, then somewhere, something's going to struggle or ultimately fail. Mm -hmm. So, you know, blocking off time, having, writing it down every single day, or, uh, I actually write it the previous night just so I'm prepared the next day.
2: Uh, Gotcha. that,
1: That really helps me. Um, But like I said, I'm not perfect. I have days where I'm scatterbrained. (laughs) Um, It's a real struggle. It's a real internal struggle. Um, Sometimes the internal struggle turns external, and I get very frustrated, and and you can see it. Mm -hmm. Uh, My wife can see it. And I don't ever like to get to that point, but it happens. Mm -hmm. We're all human, so...
0: So you're going through all this, and you, you since you mentioned calligraphy, you know, how did that get started?
1: So around the time of my of my starting to learn hand lettering, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to get to the solution a little faster. So I picked up some. Some pens, some brush pens, and I just started writing. You know, I was reading online tutorials, picked up some books, and I really just started to learn the art of writing, which is calligraphy. Mm-hmm. Man, was it hard! It, <laughs> I mean, the, the biggest challenge. In I'm my, horrible
0: at it, so yeah.
1: <laughs> a lot of people are, and and I'm still not. I, I can't say that I'm, I'm masterful or anything. You know, I learned something new all the time, but when I, when I first started to pick up a pen and, and write, I was so frustrated. I mean, mm-hmm. I can see why people give up within the first few days. I mean, hell within the first few hours, it's just, it, it's just something that's, it, you think it could, it looks so natural when you see people doing it, but it's just not, you don't feel it. No, doesn't, it doesn't just come to people but I, I, I thought it was beautiful, you know, and like it, it, I wanted to get to a solution, whether it be um, a logo type concept or uh, just lettering a phrase. I wanted to get to that faster, hmm. you know, instead of drawing each letter, which is you know, essentially hand lettering. Sure. Um, so I just, just picked up all these different brush pens, practiced every single day for hours, every Mm -hmm. single day. You know, when I was on conference calls or meetings, or in physical meetings, not just calls, I would would write. Mm -hmm. Still uh, doodle and draw letters, Uh, but I would always bring my pens with me. I would write out my grocery list, you know. Um, And after a while, something just clicked. It just started working
2: mm-hmm.
1: And even even around the time that it clicked, I can look back at that, that moment and still see like terrible imperfections. and <laughs> you know I can look back at yesterday's work and see that too. And like I said, we're always learning and growing, but sure. oh so I don't know. I, I, I just saw people, it might have been Ryan Hamrick who I first saw pick up a cradle marker and he wrote something with it and he posted it on Instagram. I was like, no way. I was like, that's, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I picked up a parallel marker and, um, you know, at the time I was so used to brush pens, it was a little more difficult for me mm-hmm. to, under, to understand it and, and how to use it. But, you know, again, after, at that point, like 20 minutes a day of practice. And that's what I tell everyone, you know, just do 20 minutes a day and just work on the basic fundamental strokes. And and it'll just start to click after a while, especially in one year, you know, in the grand scheme of things, one year is not that long. Sure. But so, so yeah, I just started, um, understanding this crazy instrument, (laughs) a parallel marker, you know, it's something we, grew up with as children and it's very nostalgic and I think people can resonate with it and I thought at the time it was a little more difficult than a brush pen but that's because I started with a brush pen mm-hmm. the more I worked with it I started to realize that it was actually much easier to handle than a brush pen and everyone was asking me on, on Instagram or um, Tribble you know how are you doing that with a parallel marker and you know I can't really give them the long answer sure but I kept seeing the requests or the questions uh, pop up more and more often so you know about a year ago I decided to just start pointing people in a direction where where I could answer the question and mm-hmm. The idea of uh, you know, kind of began around know, that time. And originally it was called Crayoligraphy. Okay. However, <laughs> I reached out to Crayola.
0: <laughs> they weren't keen on that idea?
1: <laughs> uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I reached out to them. Uh, I think the brand manager got back to me. Uh, she was very pleasant and just said she would have to do a little more research, but that I could teach with the medium, uh, or, you know, with, with their product. I could point them in, in their direction. Um, that was all fine. I just might have been infringing upon their
0: trademark name. Trademark
1: a little too much. Mm -hmm. So I followed up about three or four more times after that, just trying to get an answer because people were waiting. Uh, prior to the launch. Sure. And I decided to take matters in my own hand and just change the name. It turns out people like the name even better. It rolled off the tongue easier. Mm-hmm. Um, if there is ever an issue, I can say it's crazy calligraphy and that's kind of what it is, you know? Yeah. You're writing with a broad tip marker.
0: Yeah. They, they can't, there's, there's no trademark infringement for using a medium that is intended because you're exactly. using it how it's intended to be used, it's an art product.
1: Absolutely. Um, it was a little frustrating because you see a lot of big brands working with artists. Um, you know, you see Sharpie and mm-hmm. uh, Sakura. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but just
0: I know uh, what you're talking uh, about. Exactly. I don't know if yeah, just, just that's how things. I
1: say it. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, at the time it was just like, geez, we could really help each other out. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I know I know Cradle is a big company, and I know they they have a strong foundation over a hundred years. Um, so I understand their concern, but at the same time, they see me now, mm-hmm. and they see that you know what I think and, and what I've been told is that I produce quality work, and it, it's not just some. Yeah, I just picking up a Krayola marker, teaching what he thinks is calligraphy. Mm-hmm. Um, however, several months after that, I started seeing the hashtag crayoligraphy pop up a whole lot more. <laughs> I was like, this is interesting.
0: A little too coincidental?
1: Yeah, I researched it, you know. Dubbed a little deeper. Some friends got back to me, and were showing me. And, and this is after I realized it as well. Crayola, Crayola's social media account started using crayoligraphy. <laughs> that was a little gut wrenching. I was like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me!"
2: Yeah.
1: Um, it, well, what am I going to do? Yeah, you know, that's a David and Goliath story right there. I'm, except I'm not winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. You know, maybe one day we could work together. That would be great. I could bring a whole new market to them. I am bringing a whole new market to them. You know, Mm. Um, but I can't be concerned with it, so I move forward. So,
0: so for people who aren't familiar with what you're doing with calligraphy, because it is you're 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 doing a, it's a course. It's the best way I can explain it. It's a course. So fill people in.
1: Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I should probably say what crayography is specifically first and foremost. (laughs) Um, And then the why. (laughs) Crayography, by my own definition, is calligraphy, crazy calligraphy with a Crayola marker. Mm -hmm. So it all kind of works. You know, people say, that's cray. It's (laughs) a slang word for crazy. Sure because you don't think of a crayola Marker as a writing instrument. You think of it as a drawing or coloring.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: The why is because I wanted to help people who are perhaps intimidated by the idea of calligraphy or who may not have money to go out and buy all the traditional instruments. Mm -hmm. That can be pricey. And then, you know, a few days later, like I said, or a few hours turn around and say, this is not for me well now they can go into their kids you know marker box or <laughs> their their toy kit and pull out a marker and have at it, so that's that's what it's for, you know, it's a cheap, easy, fun way to approach calligraphy and, and, and people don't have to spend an arm and a leg for it. They can just give it a try. They can go to com and they, they can start off with the first lesson in which I teach, you know, the, the very basic fundamentals of calligraphy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the reason why I think it's easier now that I have a little more experience with it, because at the time when I first picked up a cradle marker, I did not think it was easier, but that's because, <laughs> again, I started with brush pen. So... Mm-hmm. You know, in the traditional dip pen, um, you know, nib calligraphy. Right. So, yeah, um, it, it's just a way for people to give it a go without being a little, even a little intimidated by it. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool concept because you have a, the broad edge of the marker mm-hmm. and you have the tip of the marker. Mm-hmm. So, your downstrokes, you'd use your broad edge where the broad edge is almost flat or, or horizontal on the paper. Mm-hmm. And you just give it a little pressure and pull down. And then when you want to make it the upstrokes, you just kind of adjust your, your fingertips uh, almost. So the marker is uh, perpendicular to the paper, if you want to think of it that way. Mm-hmm. And that's where you move up and use the, the tip of the marker
2: mm-hmm.
1: with a brush pen. You have so much more flexibility within the nib mm. or, you know, or the brush that it, it's hard to write in that manner, in the, in the same manner of uh, thick downs, thin ups, as easily as it would be with a crayle marker, which has a much firmer nib.
0: Sure, so the there's list, a lot more technique involved.
1: Yeah, so the resistance between a broad tip marker and your and your paper. It, is a lot more than the resistance of a brush pen mm-hmm. and a piece of paper. Uh, and naturally when we pick up any utensil just to write, there's a lot of resistance. So we're used to that. Mm-hmm. So I think where a lot of people get frustrated is the more flex in a brush, you know, the less resistance, the more, the less control you have. Mm-hmm. So, that's the idea of calligraphy. you know, you'll have more control. It'll be a little easier. Um, and I lay it out pretty much all the way from marker through the fingertips to the piece of paper that you're writing on.
0: Sure. But instead of keeping this as a set course where it's, you know, X amount of lessons, you've kept going with it. And you, you know, like like you said, you've made it into a blog series and everything. So, so how, how did, how, how did that come about? Cause you could have just, you know, said here's 16 lessons and been done with it
1: and sold it or something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, cause my why at first was a lot different than the majority of people's why. Sure. Um, I wasn't in it to make it, make a dollar immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, I was no, and I'm still not an expert at teaching. I'm still learning how to teach through every written tutorial within pre So, you know, I had to learn how to teach. And because of that, I didn't think it was fair for me to put a price tag on what I was teaching. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, the ultimate goal is, you know, to eventually make, make some money off of this because I am putting everything into it and, 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 you know, if, if I want to keep going with it, 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 there's so many different, um, things that people don't see behind the scenes, like, uh, monthly MailChimp subscriptions, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just, uh, just running the website and uh, hosting it and just all these little things that, that add up. Mm-hmm. um,
0: I know that yeah. feeling.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> and you know, a people don't care about that, right? Um, if I were to tell them, you might get a few donations here and there, but that's not what I'm about. Uh, first and foremost, I did it because I wanted to help people and point them in a direction. And I was really kind of, I was like tired, not tired of the questions, but tired of not giving them an answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like not answering all the time. I mean, obviously when I go on social media and this goes back to uh, how I live a, a little more structured life, I sign on, I post, I sign off. Mm-hmm. So I turn off all notifications, no distractions. Um, but, but by doing that, you, you miss a lot of questions or just comments that are nice to read every once in a while. So I wanted to create a platform for people to be able to go to uh, fairly easily and, and get their answers right then and there just through a written blog.
0: Sure. So, you know, y- you, you, have got it set up this way. What, what else, what are you getting out of it? what, is, what has it done for you?
1: Uh, well, like I said, I'm really learning how to teach right now. Um, had to put calligraphy on a very long hiatus Mm -hmm. not even a pause you can't even call it a pause at the time (laughs) i was calling it a pause but i mean this was just like a lockout for me sure um around beginning of summer i moved my family from the city of baltimore to the country of west virginia (laughs) i know there's some Transignatism when I say uh, West Virginia. However, it's beautiful here. Um, sure. And we live right on the outskirts, or right on the borderline of uh, Maryland, Virginia, West Virginia. It's, it's a little town called Shepherdstown.
0: You're not in western West Virginia and Appalachia.
1: <laughs> we're not We're not deep in the sticks. <laughs> not yet, at least. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we live in one of the oldest towns in America. It's really cool. Um, I'm sitting in my studio right now, it's pretty haunting actually, because I'm in the attic. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's—I share the building with several other businesses. Um, I'm all alone here right now, and it's. This is a 200-year-old originally <laughs> house. <laughs> and I've heard, I've heard some stories. They even have a—they uh, have a show called—I oh, don't even know what it's called. It's a ridiculous show that all the locals here say is. Nothing about is true, but it's still like the fact that they came to Shepherdstown and filmed this documentary-style paranormal.
0: Was it like Ghost uh,
1: Hunters or something? It was something like that, paranormal of Shepherdstown. I, I really yeah. don't remember the name. It doesn't matter because it's all a farce, anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's still creepy, though. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So why did you decide to move from Baltimore to West Virginia? Um, Aside from it's probably a little cheaper to live out in West Virginia.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's a little closer to my hometown and my wife's. Um, My wife and I lived in the heart of the city Mm -hmm. for several years. And then we moved to the suburbs of the city and we Mm -hmm. absolutely hated it. Mm -hmm. We love the city. Um, the suburbs was just loud. You know, we could. There was nothing eclectic about it. We saw the Target logo from our window. Um, <laughs> you know, when we go out, we like to enjoy different kind of places. I'm not going to say we're foodies. We're not. I mean, we're not better than the McDonald's. Oh, we don't go there, but you know.
0: <laughs> but um, you will if you have to. <laughs> sure, sure.
1: But. We, when we do have the opportunity to go out, we like, you know, kind of different places. Mm-hmm. And Crofton is where we live. Uh, it didn't offer too much. It was very loud. And yeah, the city's loud too, but it was a little drowning. I mean, it was kind of like, it was pleasant loud, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you just kind of tuned it out after a while. Um, and my wife left her job and we wanted to just be closer and like i said i, I could work wherever cuz i work remotely mm-hmm. and we just wanted to be a little closer to friends and family and um, we decided on shepherdstown just because it's it's just a it's just a really cool town you know it is a college town shepherd university mm-hmm. is here uh, a lot of cool cafes um, they do great things around the holidays just something we can appreciate
0: gotcha so was, was it strictly the move that had you put Cray Ligafree on hiatus? Yeah,
1: yeah, so um, we bit off a little more than we could chew with our, with our uh, new home that we bought.
2: Uh-huh.
1: We, uh, we got a great deal. You know. Nice. It, I almost consider it like a cookie-cutter Ken and Barbie house on the outside. Looks great on the outside.
0: Uh, not, I'm going with not so much on the inside.
1: Yeah, you know, we had we have uh, three acres of land. Everything just looked you know great from the outside. Obviously, we knew what we were getting ourselves into. We sure. just didn't know how much the house was not move-in ready when we bought it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not going to say we had to completely gut it. Uh, we salvaged what we could, but it was worse than disgusting. <laughs> is is how i can paint that picture um it it was just bad i could not bring my girls into that living situation sure so you know i had to learn to be a handyman (laughs) and again this is where social media and like uh youtube come in i didn't have to go to school
0: i just youtube videos you know youtube and pinterest come in very handy oh my gosh yeah
1: and Now I feel like I'm a scholar in woodworking and just, uh, you know, I'm in the process of building my studio within my house in the basement, in the unfinished part of the basement.
0: So you don't have to be in a creepy attic anymore?
1: No. uh, (laughs) So, I you know, I'm going to name them the cellar and the attic as they are. Mm -hmm. And the attic here in town will be uh, primarily computer digital work. Mm-hmm. Um, the seller at home will be more hands-on uh, mm-hmm. creating products and uh, more drawing or, or writing and stuff like that. But to get back to your question, it was extremely difficult to be able to balance all that at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, i I had no choice but to put calligraphy on pause and put client work on pause. I could really only focus on my family, um, my job, and the house. It was just getting to a point where it's just way too much. Mm-hmm. And you can block off as much time as you want. It still just does not work out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, it took a long time, probably about seven, eight months. I had to put it on pause. <laughs> sure. And again, not pause. But, you know, it, it was difficult because a lot of people – I was getting, you know – I would say, on average, 20 subscribers a day mm-hmm. without putting any content out. Now, that's an interest. Yeah, definitely. Um, and now that I just started it up again with a new tutorial, mm-hmm. and this lesson goes on to the next marker in the cryoligraphy phase. So, I started off with the orange marker. Mm-hmm just three lessons. The next one, which I just released last week was, is the green marker. Um, you know, I, I can already see just by creating new content that it's just the interest is there. People are, are loving it and it, it's a great feeling, but it's also a lot of pressure too on me. Sure. Um, just, just with playing this juggling act of family work, you know,
0: well, yeah, you've got family, you've got your day job, you've got Tierney Studios, and then you've got calligraphy. So, yeah, that that's that's got to be a huge juggling act. And yeah. I know, you know, a while back we had when we were emailing back and forth about this, you were at one point considering going full time freelance.
1: Yeah, um, the plan was at the I would say around the beginning of the new year. Um. I was going to fully transition into Kearney's studio Mm -hmm. and leave my day job. And, you know, everything started to change around that time. It it was really weird. Just things started happening. The the number one thing that I saw was – it's it's a little difficult to speak about because it's it's you know it's, it's it was hard at the time to see and realize. Sure. Um, but it, it was my wife, not not completely breaking down, but I could see she was really hurt because it was around Thanksgiving time, mm-hmm. where she finally got to know our second daughter, Adley.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. And that. That kind of took me back. It's like, you know, th- this is kind of backwards. That should not be happening. My wife should be able to have more time with her children mm-hmm. and know them. I mean, that's just ridiculous. So I decided to, you know, we discussed this uh, around Christmas. We drove up to Maine to see my my family. Mm-hmm. To spend time with them. And we had a long 10 hour drive to, to talk about this. And ultimately we decided that it would be my wife that leaves her job. I would stay with my job and continue to do what I'm doing. Um, you know, to keep the, the security, uh, the insurance, Good uh, things you to know, have. <laughs> oh, especially yeah, when you absolutely. have kids. <laughs> absolutely. Um, Oh, but she has great insurance being a teacher. <laughs> that <laughs> government insurance. Jeez. So that's when we decided that I we it, it made more sense for my wife to be the one to leave her job. Sure. And and that is my that was my goal from the very beginning. Was create a lifestyle where I could be with my family as much as possible.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: They, they mean so much to us as you know, I mean, um, it's a beautiful thing when you can incorporate your work life with your family life. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously you're, you're going to separate them with when you should, but it's a great thing when you can just live a life that you're always surrounded with your family. Mm-hmm. You know, even though it does get distracting, it's loud at times. <laughs> That's why I have this studio. But, um,
0: yeah, I can hear my kids chirping outside. Here. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: So it, it was backwards thinking for me to ha- to leave my job first. Sure. Let's let her leave her job. Let's let my wife leave her job. She does. What she's always want, what she has always wanted to do, which is stay at home, and raise the kids, mm-hmm. um, help me out when she can, and for me, just to be patient. You know, my time will come, but it it wasn't at the new year, it wasn't at the beginning of the year, and and I understand that, and she understands it, and it's it's difficult because I was. I was definitely ready, but, um, you know, my time will come.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I'm not, uh, this is not in no way a sprint. You know, this is definitely a marathon and I'm just trying to live each day with that mindset.
0: Gotcha. So how did you have to reevaluate your goals for that? (laughs) Or are you still figuring that out? (laughs)
1: My, my my personal goals or my business goals are just... Both. Yeah. Um, I don't want to... I hate to say that I, I had to be very selfless in that decision-making. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a way, I kind of had to. I, I had to really just take a step back and, and think about what's more important here. And what really put into perspective was My original goal, like I said, was to create a life where my, my wife was, would be able to be with the children. Mm -hmm. I would be able to work from home or, you know, run my, my business full time. And by me leaving work and her still working and her not feeling comfortable, not really enjoying her job here, you know, this is her first year too. And she, she really doesn't enjoy the the, the school systems here, but Mm -hmm. you know, that's a whole other thing. Um, that put into perspective, you know, I, if I want to get to this goal, let's do things the right way. Mm-hmm. So to me, understanding that definitely helped, and, and put everything else. Um, you I know, was able to visualize it a little better.
0: Gotcha. So, you know, moving forward, you know, what, what are your plans? Cause you know, uh, Obviously, it's going to take a little longer to get to where you wanted to go. But do you have like immediate plans of things to do?
1: Oh, I feel like there's always immediate plans. You know, <laughs> um, you know I want things done yesterday, but uh, it's hard to be a realist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Very true.
1: Yeah. It doesn't work like that. So. I, w- I would love to get to the point where I can slowly transition but I guess it wouldn't be slowly it, it, to a point where I 100% and full in full on Tierneys studio
2: mm-hmm.
1: and can concentrate on my own business. Um, for now it's just gonna have to be difficult. And I think once I get creoligraphy a little more under my belt and I get the teaching experience, in the workshop experience, you know, the, the tangible teaching experience as well. Um, I think it'll come naturally and I'll just know when, because right now I'm only, you know, what five really five kind of, kind of thorough blog posts in, and that's not enough to say, okay, I've made it, I'm going to quit my job. And, um, now, other marketers will tell you you're a chump because you have all these subscribers and you're not doing anything with them. I want to do it the right way. You know, mm. I don't want to do it the the gross salesy way. I'm not mm. trying to make fast money. Um, like I said, I'm doing this first and foremost for people because. I enjoy the art of calligraphy. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of being able to teach people. I hope I am. Um, and the, the whole monetary thing will come along with it eventually. I, it's, it's, not, it's not there. I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. I think I know I'll have a feeling when it does come.
0: Gotcha. Cool. Well, wrapping up. What 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 else is on the horizon for you?
1: Um, I have about three dusty products sitting in my cellar right now, <laughs> all ready to launch. I shouldn't say dusty in case anyone listening <laughs> wants to ever purchase. Uh, uh, the dust can be brushed off. Don't worry about that. But, um, I've had uh some some good success with products and. Uh, I really enjoy the whole brand, ex, like creating a whole brand experience sure. um, behind my products. Um, you know, I, I sold out of these hand lettered 15 ounce mugs mm-hmm. a year ago within 15 minutes. Oh, wow. That was cool. Now I didn't have hundreds because but still. But like, cause I'm, I'm hand painting each mug. Um, you know, through a, a, a vinyl negative template. Mm-hmm. But I'm still, you know, mixing the inks, the solvents, the hardeners, and all that. It's just a really cool process. I'm very hands-on. Uh, my next product is called uh, Bourbon Legend. It's a little three-and-a-half-ounce box glass. Uh-huh. And the idea behind that is to call, call out people who don't appreciate good bourbon or whiskey for what it is, you know, um, <laughs> it's for the unwell drinker, you know, the people who don't put well drinks in their, in their good whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that's legendary. <laughs> so, uh, and, you know, I'm a big fan of puns and dad jokes. So why not create a little folklore story around this bourbon legend? You know?
0: huh. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Um, so products getting calligraphy. A little more off its feet, and um, you know, continuing my my client relationships and creating new ones and establishing uh, the older ones a little better. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah, just grasping everything (laughs) (laughs) as much as I can.
0: Awesome. So, so you know, where can people find you online?
1: They can find. They can find me at Tierney Studio pretty much anywhere, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: at Tierney Studio, Um, online tierneystudio.com, and they can follow along the the calligraphy journey at calligraphy.com. If you sign up, get a free reference guide, and yeah, that's pretty
0: much it awesome so we end every episode by saying go out and hug some necks and, and you've been to creative south and kind of know what uh what that means would you mind taking us out by saying that hugging some necks that'll work all right let's hug some necks awesome colin thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me tonight
1: thank you
0: Find out more about Colin on Twitter at Tierney studio, and be sure to check out the links in the show notes for more ways to keep up with him. You can keep up with the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at creative S O pod and follow creative South on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at creative South GA over at creative And I'm at Jay Frostholm on dribble Twitter and Instagram. For a limited time, new Skillshare customers can get their first three months for just 99 cents to get unlimited access to thousands of classes when you sign up at Skillshare.com using promo code CREATIVE SOUTH. What are you waiting for? Start learning today. And remember, if you like the show, help support us over at patreon.com slash Creative South. And if you like the Creative South podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Rate us and leave a review. This helps more people find the podcast and allows us to keep getting awesome guests. Now go out and hug some necks.